everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Andrew here with Connor and our special guest, Mr. Bradley Scruggs. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Well, doing phenomenal. So Bradley, for our audience, would you mind go ahead and, and share a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, where you're from? Sure. Yeah. And uh, kind of give you guys a brief rundown, but I'll go through my story. Uh, I actually went to GCU. I think that's kind of how we got connected and you guys had invited me to jump on the podcast. So I uh, went to GCU, uh, was a biology degree and uh, was actually in the application process for medical school. And my partners and I, I'm actually a twin brother. So one of my partners is my twin brother. And then my other partner, Ahmad, we all played tennis at GCU. Um, when we were in our biology classes, we were always interested in entrepreneurship and we were always in the back of the class looking at stocks, you know, researching companies. And we were like, you know what, why don't we try starting a company? We had no idea, you know, about tech at the time. Uh, but we started a company, Great Pros. Basically what that was, was an online marketplace to connect homeowners with home service contractors. So if you needed a plumber, you needed a roofer, a handyman, whatever it was, you could go on Great Pros and connect with them. So we had thousands of homeowners using the platform every single month. We had hundreds of contractors who were essentially buying our leads and it was great. You know, we were making good money, um, very profitable, profitable business. Um, it isn't as predictable as a SaaS company, what we're focused on now. And I'll explain a little bit why we started Zyra talk. So for great pros, we uh, we wanted to challenge the notion of online forms, and we built version 1.0 of Zyrotalk for ourselves. Uh, it was a chatbot on our site to capture leads, and when we put the you know when we put Zyrotalk on our site, we saw a huge increase in online conversions. And as a lead generation company, it's massive. You know, we it's a big revenue boost, and uh, the most interesting part was our contractors who were buying our leads were like what are these new leads that are coming through? You know, people are saying my carrier branded AC unit is broken or, um, you know, they're saying certain brands and what exactly the problems were with their, uh, with their house. So we were like, okay, that's interesting. It didn't click at first, but when it did, we were like, Oh wow, that's really interesting. Let's roll out this platform onto some of our other larger clients here in Arizona, like Chaz Roberts and George Brazil and when we did that, they saw huge increases in their online conversions. I think George Brazil was doing an extra thirty to $50,000 extra per month with their online revenue. So we were like, okay, we have a pretty big opportunity here. Let's roll this out as a different product, different platform, start iterating on it and see what happens. So long story short, we, um, we completely phased out the great pro side of the business about 10 months ago. Uh, we've been focused on Zyrotalk for the most part. Um, for the past two years, we've grown to about 3,000 clients across the nation. And home services is our biggest vertical, but we're um, we're really big in legal, medical, dental. Um, we've made a push with a lot of big mortgage companies and a lot of franchises. We work with hundreds of Surf Pro locations, uh, a couple of Stanley Seamers, Ben Franklin. Um, you know, a lot of different. Uh, brand some of them i can't even say the names of uh but yeah it's uh it's pretty awesome it's been a wild ride we've grown our team uh we're approaching about 30 employees we make about three to four hires a month and uh yeah that's kind of where we're at that's the 
I guess the medium size story. <laughs> so yeah, I love it. I love it. No, that's great. I know you mentioned biology, and you were yeah. right in the middle of of applying to medical school. What I guess was that shift that you had? Were you always uh, focused, or did you already always have an inclination for business while you were in college? Yeah. So. Uh, that's a great question <laughs> and it's funny because my parents were like can't you do both and it's like no there's literally no way so yeah I, I was always interested in medicine uh, I worked in two different emergency departments worked in the cadaver lab at GCU um, but I always had the itch for entrepreneurship so my brother and I we had a uh, you know even before all of this in high school and the beginning of college we had a YouTube channel that we grew to 13 million views and like, I don't even know, like 80,000 subscribers. It basically paid for college. So we kind of got that, you know, we got the, the itch of like how much money you can make for working for yourself. And, you know, if you're working smart and effectively, um, you do really well for yourself. So um, it's been, it's, you know, it's a very different business compared to SaaS, software as a service. Um, but yeah, it was a good starting point. You know, that was 10 years ago. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely. Well, I was, you know, I was going to ask because you're the second matter of fact, you're the second person Connor and I have, have came into contact with who switched from a medical uh, degree. One of our, our uh, colleagues out in Houston, I think is where he's based, uh, was studying radiology and, and then switched into business. So I guess, you know, what, was the thing that kind of pushed you over the edge for some people it's having problems in their family and they're kind of forced and have no other alternative, but to start sure. a business. Um, and other people, you know, they're like, Hey, I've got no risk right now. Let me jump in. What was that, that moment for you where you're like, Hey, I got to put down the lab coat and put on yeah. the suit, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I think it was just because we were so interested in, uh, you know uber at the time and we were like how do we uber home services for people um which you know we didn't realize there was a lot of competition already um but at the time you know this was six years ago now we entered the gcu canyon challenge there were like 90 companies in it we ended up winning that you know got a pretty good chunk of money and invested towards the business and uh, just kind of ran with it and yeah, no risk at the time. It's not like we were married at the time. I got married a couple months ago and didn't have a family at the time. So, um, yeah, no risk. So we can put everything down, not pay ourselves for, you know, two years and see what happened. I love it. I love it. So kind of backing up on that and going back to, you know, Grand Canyon university, we always talk about the, you know, there's, there's always that talk today, you know, is college worth it? Is the experience valuable? So go back, you know, why, why did you choose GCU? And then looking back on that experience, uh, how valuable was your experience there? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I mostly chose GCU because I was playing tennis. So I um, chose the school, had a good relationship with the coach and uh, joined the team. As far as my experience with GCU, it was good. Overall, it was really good. Um, class sizes were small at the time. I was there, you know, way before you guys as well keep in mind like the the gcu arena wasn't even built my freshman and sophomore year it was very small <laughs> so it was a great experience class sizes were really small just seeing the growth of the school was 
uh, it was pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, but overall the experience was good. I love it. No, that's cool. Um, so touching on, and this is a question I, a lot of our colleagues have asked and you know, whether they're, a lot of them are studying different things outside of business. We have one of our close buddies, he's studying cinematography and film. And the question was, how hard is it to take something that you're studying and then do something completely different in life after you graduate college? Was that a, you know, to you in, in, inside of your, you know, your soul, could you feel, were you ever nervous? Were you ever like, man, I, I, you know, I'm taking all that I know right now and getting this biology degree and I'm applying, I'm, I'm focusing on something completely different, something completely, uh, you know, opposite of, of what I studied in college and got a degree in. Yeah. I mean, definitely wasn't nervous about it. The thing with any degree, and I guess the way I kind of look at things is you can always go back. Like even right now, if things didn't work out, which, you know, I'm, Fortunately, we're not going to get to that point, but I could always go back and apply to medical school. Like, you know, we're, you guys are super young. I'm still really young. Like you can always go back and do whatever you want. So if you're in cinema, you know, you're studying film and you want to become a film producer, but that doesn't work out. You can always, you know, get a job, make money and do the film on the side. Um, so yeah, you can always go back. You can always do things on the side, and uh, I, I guess that's my answer for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Were there any Were there any mentors that you had, uh, you know, in the business realm while you were growing up, both you know before college and college after college? Yeah. So in college, you guys know, like Tim Kelly, he's a really good mentor starting off. Um, you know, as we've grown, we've had some mentors who have sold their companies for hundreds of millions of dollars, and uh, it's been great to get their guidance and just along the way, we've learned from a lot of people, a lot of, even some of our partners in business, like, you know, we've got some really large partners and just having conversations and learning from them. Um, you know, you're just always be a student along the way and, uh, try learning. Interesting. So I, I love that point you made there at the end and this kind of ties into this. So looking back on it, Obviously, you took a lot of uh, risks, you know, coming out of college and trying to start a company. A lot of people don't necessarily do that. Uh, what would your advice be to students who may be in school right now, graduating soon, who don't really know what they want to do, right? You know, what, what would you say to those students? Start doing something. Because <laughs> a, uh, a lot of college students will just sit back and be like, oh, I've got, I got two years, you know, I can do whatever I want. If you don't know what you want to do, at least, you know, get an internship or try making money online, learn digital marketing, learn, you know, whatever it may be, learn how to code. You just do a variety of things. Uh, you may be interested in whatever it is like film, you know, start making films, start making YouTube videos and start making TikToks. You know, there's a lot of different outlets that you can uh, get your content distributed on. Uh, but just start doing stuff because, you know, your competition and other people, they're doing stuff. You can't just sit back and think good things are going to happen without doing anything, you know? A hundred percent. I was talking about, you know, TikTok, you brought that up. Obviously we were talking earlier, uh, how active you are on LinkedIn as of recent, how, how have you leveraged LinkedIn to, to grow both you and your presence, but also help the company out that you're running? Yeah, that's a really good question. So 
LinkedIn is a it's a really interesting channel. I've been posting on LinkedIn for like the past two years. I started off posting a lot about our company. So every single day I was posting like, oh, here's a client who's getting great results. And for months straight, I would post a new client. And it was great because a lot of people are like, wow, they have a lot of clients and their clients are actually getting really good results. I would post actual data of results that people were getting. So that was great. But what I realized was people, you know, people are uh, inherently, it's in their DNA, they're selfish, they only care about themselves. Uh, as a marketer, that's great to understand. Uh, <laughs> and it's kind of funny to say, but you know, it's a good thing to realize. Yeah. And instead of posting about our company, I've started just post general marketing tips. And my engagement on LinkedIn has nearly tripled. I'm getting, you know, more than 10,000 viewers every single week on my posts. And this year alone, I've had hundreds of thousands of people view my LinkedIn posts and my engagement has literally shot through the roof and just being consistent, posting every single day, focusing on, uh, you know, content that's actually valuable in your experiences tends to do really well. And also people like to read stories. Uh, so if you can post stories rather than just advice, you know, kind of tie it back to a story, uh, that tends to work out pretty well too. Oh, I love that. So you mentioned, pe yeah, people are, are, are really, you know, inherently selfish, I guess you could say. Uh, and the, you know, this, I wanted to ask you how, you know, how old were you when you started, um, Zara talk? Um, we started, you know, our, just everything about probably five years ago, five, six years ago. So okay. I was 22 at the time. Okay. So, and uh, you know, this also is in ties into LinkedIn as well. How was the response? from your, your peers and your family. I mean, you got, you know, your 22 year old starting a yeah. software company in a space that's, I mean, of course there are a lot of those young startups coming in. What was that? What was that like for you? Uh, how did you handle that? You know? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great question. I, I was actually on another podcast with uh, one of our partners who's the CEO of, you know, he has 200 employees at his company. And he asked me the same question. He's like, you're young, you started a company, you know, you've grown to 30 employees and the majority of them are maybe older than you. How do people react and respond to someone that's younger than, than them? And my answer to that is it all depends on how you carry yourself and it, it kind of just your demeanor in general. Because if you, if you go into a call and you act young and you're not speaking, you know, the language of uh, someone who actually knows business, people are gonna see right through you right away. So if you know your stuff, even on LinkedIn, if you know your stuff, you're talking about your experiences, uh, people will respect that. And it, it just all depends on how you carry yourself. Age isn't necessarily a determining factor on your success, um, the results are. So if you can generate really good results for clients, you can show that, you could get that credibility, share testimonials of people who use you, um, that that can build your reputation pretty quickly. Okay, so let's say let's let's dive into a little bit more in in terms of again touching on the mindset and the the fact that people are inherently selfish with your clients. What what are some of the the biggest takeaways that you've got being able to provide those results for your clients? Being able to say, hey, we three x four x five x your 
you know, revenue and increased your conversion rate. Cause I know right now, yep. at least as you know, from Connor and I's experience in e-commerce, uh, you know, on a Shopify site, for example, you're looking at a two point, you know, two to 4% conversion rate as being acceptable in, in some spaces. And it might be different for, um, sounds like you're in kind of the general contracting and, and home service home pros type market. Um, what is that? What have been some of the key takeaways of having a product that produces great results for them? Um, and then how do you utilize that to kind of move your marketing, you know, down the line? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, you know, as far as, uh, being able to show good results and hopefully I'm answering your question efficiently. Um, you know, when you're marketing to prospects, people want to see, uh, social proof. So they want to see, okay, what have they done for other clients? They're going to Google you. They're going to read testimonials. A couple months ago, we only had four testimonials, but we have 3000 clients. So, you know, we're up to about 30. So we're trying to get testimonials every single day, but, uh, we also have a bunch of case studies. Okay. It's like, okay, George Brazil, here's what their online revenue was before using us. And from, you know, this point in time to this point in time, we've increased it by 33.4%. And that's an actual number. And the business has grown by about 8%. So when we're able to show results like that on the marketing side, it helps a ton because it makes the conversation a lot easier. You know, people aren't a good analogy that I like to use is when someone goes to Home Depot, they're not buying a hammer. They're buying the three inch deep hole. So people want to buy what the results look like rather than the product. We can show all the bells and whistles of our product, but at the end of the day, they don't care. No one cares about the product. They only care about the results that it's going to deliver. And if it's not delivering the results, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to cancel after month one or month two. So you can say whatever you want on a demo or on a sales call, but you have to generate results and you have to deliver good customer service and customer experience as well. Hopefully that answers the question. It was uh yeah, no, definitely. That's, I mean, that's good. Cause I know we, there's a lot of new startups out there, especially SaaS platforms, you know, that, that say that they can do all this stuff and they're not leveraging any social proof or, you know, from again, touching on e-commerce experience. And you probably have seen this on some, you know, stores and, and online websites. They got these, uh, you know, the little pop-up social proof things like so-and-so purchases 40 seconds ago from oh, yeah. like, you know, like that's, you know, artificial social proof. And so having, um, people, people buy it. Oh yeah. People, hey, yeah. <laughs> super, super valuable. It's effective. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bradley, tell me what, uh, what role does artificial intelligence play in Zyrotalk and also in, um, great pros before? Yeah, great question. Um, I'll talk more on the Zyrotalk side. Um, so we utilize AI in our conversations and eventually it'd be good, um, probably on a, in a different conversation, I can show you guys a demo of our platform, but um, when someone's going through a conversation, um, so say you're on George Brazil's website and you say, you, you know, before you even start having a conversation, we're analyzing the intent of what they're going to write. So if they're asking about pricing, scheduling, employment, if they're just saying something like, you know, my water heater is leaking, whatever it may be, we're analyzing thousands of intents. I mean, we've got a team of data scientists who's making our platform smarter and smarter every single day. 
Um, so based on what someone is saying, that's where the conversation is going. And people, you know, a common question is, oh, so are you guys just analyzing certain keywords? And, you know, we're not analyzing keywords, we're actually analyzing, you know, the language that they're talking in, um, you know, just what their intent is and what they're looking to do. If they're saying what their name is, you know, we're, we can analyze what the name is, what their address is, you know, whatever it may be, our chat completion rates from when someone starts a conversation to finishes it. And by chat completion, I mean what their intent is and what all of their information is, their name, their address, you know, their phone number. Uh, our completion rates are about 95%, sometimes even higher for clients. Wow. Um, so it's an absolutely insane KPI that we track. Yeah. Um, if you compare that to live chat, the completion rates are about 20 to 30% because wait times are, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. They've already clicked the back button. They're onto the next site. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how we utilize AI and, uh, it's pretty cool. We're doing a lot of other stuff and we've got some other things in our product roadmap that we're rolling out that we're utilizing our AI. It's, it's actually pretty awesome. Interesting. So I know uh, Andrew and I also run Canon Angels out of GCU. And we actually just had an event that was centered around artificial intelligence. So companies that are using AI, how have you seen AI grow over the past five years and, and where do you see it going in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, great question. And, you know, being in the space and uh, having conversations with clients and prospects every single day, years ago, people were like, AI, oh my gosh, that's a scary word. And that's crazy. You know, you're not going to automate my entire process. Yeah. But now people, especially with COVID, you know, COVID-19 has kind of been a catalyst to uh, how open people are. It's definitely growing and people are becoming more and more useful. Not useful is not the word. They're becoming more and more uh, engaged and uh, accepted accepting to the fact that AI is kind of here to stay. And it's not like it's taking over jobs. It's more so enhancing people's current jobs to make them, uh, you know, more efficient in other tasks that are not necessarily automated. So, um, yeah, people are more and more um, accepting of AI and the automation that comes with it. And it's great to see because it, at the end of the day, it helps society, even if people don't see that. Um, you know, we're on the front line, so we see it every day. Uh, but yeah. I love it. That's, that's definitely um, a good view on artificial intelligence. I think uh, and you would probably agree is that AI is going to transform that business landscape, especially in the sense of taking a lot of the HR uh, customer facing Q and a, um, you know, oh, yeah. FAQ style things. I probably see that to scale uh, or allow that those departments to scale at a, at a higher level. Um, what have been some of your, you know, this, this may, you know, throw a curveball at you, but what are some of your clients' biggest takeaways using implementing a solution? Have you had clients that have never had an artificial uh, intelligence solution like this? Cause I know I was taking oh, yeah. a look at your platform and you and coming, as I were talking, encompasses a lot of different uh, communication mediums, right? You have a chat bot, you're having uh, automatic scheduling through the phone, all these different things. What, um, you know, if you can kind of touch on that with your, with your current clients or some of your past yeah. clients. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So, um, you hit the nail on the head. So we're not just a web chat or chatbot company. We actually position ourselves in the market as an omni-channel messaging platform 
And I'll talk a little bit about what we're rolling out in the next month or so too. So we can take the conversation through SMS. You know, it was interesting, George Brazil and Chas Roberts, we have technology where we can text enable their landlines and VoIP numbers where their customers were texting them and they didn't even know it. So they were capturing leads in that fashion. We even had some clients in different states who were running billboards instead of saying, call us at this number, they were saying, call and text us. And when we saw the data on the back end, people were actually having text conversations and actually scheduling jobs through it. So that was pretty awesome. Um, the other, what was the other part of your question? <laughs> Sorry. About, yeah, some of the, some of the key takeaways that your clients had. Yeah. Yeah, great question. So customer experience is a big one. Um, obviously, the revenue increase is great, which uh, makes it a really sticky product. But the overall customer experience, we've even seen Google reviews where people were like, I chatted with the company on their website. Um, this is reviews for the company, it's not with us. But they said, I chatted with the company on the website. Someone called me within five minutes and they were at my house within 30 minutes. So the overall customer experience of, you know, getting that instant gratification in consumers, they expect that Amazon instant gratification. And we're in industries where, you know, if the contractor comes to their house, they're happy. Or if uh, they get a doctor appointment within the next two weeks, it's like, oh, wow, I actually got in. Um, but having that Amazon experience and getting instant answers and that instant gratification is great. And our clients have seen it across the board and their customers love it. And at the end of the day, that's why our customers love it. So, um, yeah. I love that. So starting out really small, obviously you said you, your brother, and I think one more was kind of where you guys started. What kind of hurdles did you guys face and how did you work to overcome those? Cause I'm sure you faced many in the last you know, five years or so. Oh Yeah. Yep. I tell uh, a lot of young founders and entrepreneurs that, you know, running business, it's a roller coaster of emotions. You can have really high highs and really low lows. So it's very important to keep your emotions very level. You know, if you sell a client for, uh, wait, the meeting has, oops, sorry, I had a pop up just come up. Uh, but if you have, you know, maybe you sell a client for $3,000 a month, it's a great feeling, but you got to keep pushing and say, okay, how do we get our next client to pay us that much money? Or maybe you lose a client who's paying that much money. It sucks. But it, at the end of the day, you have to keep pushing and keep trying to get those clients. But as far as the hurdles yeah. that we've had, you know, we've grown in stages. So it's been interesting. Our revenue growth has kind of, it's gone up and then it'll plateau for a month or two. And we're like, okay, how do we get to the next level? And then we'll figure something out. It'll go back up and then it'll plateau Then it'll go up and it'll plateau. We've actually gotten to the point now where we're scaling at a pretty steady rate. Um, we've figured out the model. We have great product market fit, uh, but we've also figured out the model, how to generate leads, how to close deals. And even, you know, retaining customers is very important. We've got a full, you know, a team of AEs, account executives who are making sales, SDRs who are scheduling demos, you know, they're doing outbound calls on the marketing side. We're generating a lot of lists for them to call. Um, we've just got the process down. And as a founder and someone who's running a company, you have to figure out the process. If you don't, things are going to fall apart very quickly and you're not going to be able to scale efficiently. So we're to the point where, we know how many people we need to put into place and how many uh, 
how many contacts we need and how many leads we need to be generating for our AEs. So we're still, you know, we're refining our process. It's not perfect. It's probably never going to be perfect, but we're refining and we're continuing, continuing to iterate and improve. Uh, but awesome. yeah. you, you talk about all the different positions. I think you said earlier, you have about 30 employees. How important yeah. is it a good team? And then along with that, how important is a strong network, you know, of, of other people when you're, when you're going to a company like yours? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So uh, your team is everything. So me, Brian, and Ahmad, we founded the company. Um, but as far as growing the team, we started out with uh, getting interns from GCU. And then from there, we had some really good interns that stuck out. We hired them full time, you know, paying competitive salaries. And then from there, it's okay, how do we make this person get a return on our investment? If we're paying them 50 grand a year, how are they going to generate X amount of dollars to make it, to make them worth it as well? Um, So as a, you know, business owner, you have to kind of look at that. Every head within the business should be generating a certain amount of dollars. Obviously the salespeople are going to generate the most amount of money. Um, But even like customer success, you know, retaining clients and, um, you know, making our clients happy. That's important as well. So in the dev team as well, um, you know, how do they grow our product and our, you know, how do we upsell our product to current clients and how are we building things that people actually want, you know, getting customer feedback. So that's kind of how we look at things when we're growing, uh, you know, is every single person that we hire going to be a return on our investment? Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And kind of just to, to close things out here, one last question I have. After founding, you know, one or two companies, obviously you had the YouTube channel too that you grew in and all that fun stuff you've been doing. What are some life lessons that you've taken away from that that you would that you would give to younger people who may be in a position you were in when you were, you know, 21, 22? Yeah, it's a, that's a really good question too. Um, you know, just go for it. You guys, if anyone's watching this and uh, you're wanting to start, literally just start right now. Go on you know, do your research first. Obviously you can go on, you can do a lot more than just going to college. Cause once you get into the real world, you are going to actually learn what it takes, you know, uh, go on crunchface.com. You can see every company who's raising money, research the companies who are raising money. It's really good as a, you know, someone who's young to understand the flow of money and what industries are getting money. Um, so that's some advice, you know, do your research, but actually get started. If you want to try getting clients for whatever you want to do, pick up your phone and start making calls. It's, it can be scary and nerve wracking at first, but literally you, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to learn how to sell. You gotta learn how to write good copy and, you know, do your research and understand what makes people tick. So, um, that's my advice. Just get started and, uh, start doing some stuff. I love it. So where can our listeners find more about you? Where they, where can they connect with you? Yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just search Bradley Scruggs on the search bar. You can email me at brad at zyrotalk.com. Uh, if you want to learn more about your product or if, you know, the listeners, they own a local service business, whether it's a plumbing shop, you know, uh, any type of home service, legal, medical, dental, mortgage, whatever it may be. We work with cannabis dispensaries, flower shops, so, you know, across the board, any local service company. Or if you know someone who works with a local service company, uh, connect them with me. 
or go to ZyroTalk.com and um, you can chat and, you know. You can test out ZyroTalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. Scroll down and uh, give us your information and we'd be happy to, happy to talk. Good, good. Brad, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to hop on the podcast today and uh, have a great rest of your day. Appreciate it. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. And thanks for having me on.